welcome to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we paint the town red with search marketing insights. This week, we have none other than the grandmaster of local SEO for you, Professor Maps himself, Mike Blumenthal, join us to share his local SEO wisdom. Do local marketers need to hop on the paid search bandwagon? What is the real story with Google My Business monetization and the role of reviews in local ranking? Plus, we take a look at how Google is getting busy with it. It being the topic layer, what were you thinking? I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by she who doesn't get most of my obscure pop culture references, Sapir Carabello. Now, that's the most accurate thing you've ever said about me, Morty. Really? not Because yeah. just last week I was saying you were the most <laughs> nicest, most wonderful, most intelligent person I've ever met. But this is more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, listen, I think you should, you know, create a poll or something on Twitter and see how many people don't understand your uh, pop culture references so that I can maybe, you know, create like a, like a support group or something. I feel so alone. No, there's already a Morty Overseen support group. All my old girlfriends. You could just join the group already. Oh, God, no, no thank you. Like, I've been married <laughs> for 12 years. I don't even know. I don't remember the names of my old girlfriends, to be honest <gasps> with you. Don't. Come on, Morty. Not all of them. I'm not, I am not getting into this on the podcast. This is not happening. There's no way. You cannot pay me enough money to get into this. Oh, boy. Okay. We've got a great episode for you. Don't forget we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. And, of course, you can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. And, of course, you can subscribe on iTunes. Oh, and do not forget that when you want to create custom data comparisons, when you want to compare your rank to your traffic, to your clicks, to your email opens, to your PPC metrics, to your net revenue, yes, I said net revenue because you can integrate your own data, then look no further than Rank Ranger's Insight Graph and Metric Widgets, totally custom data comparisons for any and every metric you can think of literally. All right, so do you remember... Don't do this. Just tell me what you're gonna get at. No, 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 no. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna. We're gonna do this. Do you remember? <laughs> no, Morty. I don't remember. Nor do I have any idea what you're talking about. Oh, see, I thought you remember the time when I called it. Called what, Morty? Aha. Uh -huh. Called Google using the mobile SERP renovations as the first step to ratcheting it up with changes to the search engine results page and overall enhancements. No, no, you don't remember. No. No, okay. <laughs> I will take it a step back. And in doing so, by the way, I'm going to actually tie in the opening monologue, the opening conversation that we're doing right now today to the opening monologue of the past two or three episodes. So if you haven't listened to those, definitely check those out. Okay. That being as it said, this is going to be epic. And so here we go, because we are going to read between the lines SEO style. I should probably take you to bed on horses or something. I don't know how you're always right. You probably should. Yeah, I love I love horse races. You I'm do? good at horse. Yeah, I'm you good do? at horse racing. I can predict lots of things like lottery numbers. Really? That's why. Yeah, that's why I'm doing this podcast. I can predict horse races and lottery numbers. <laughs> Got you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, the brown horse is going to win. That's my prediction. Mm -hmm. okay. What horse race? I I never watched a horse race in my entire life. Although I lived in Baltimore near um, Pimlico Racecrack, mm -hmm. that's what they have. Was part of the Triple Crown. Whatever. Not, not my thing. <laughs> I do want to see though. I've always wanted to see this. I've wanted to see like forget the Olympics. I want to see like you know like human versus animal Olympics. Like who could swim better, Michael Phelps or a dolphin? You're weird. <laughs> that's amazing. No, because it's funny. Like oh, he's a great swimmer. He's also a dolphin. Anyway. 
if you'll remember, we talked about all these Google bugs over the past few weeks, and they're all popping up all over the place, and they still are, so crazy stuff right there. And we talked about how I thought that these bugs would indicate something big being in the works. And if you remember, we talked about how the redesign of the mobile SERP, you know, the new ad label that has no color, was smaller, and, you know, colorless URLs, and the favicons, and the so forth, was an external representation of that makeover, right? An external makeover to symbolize an inner makeover, because why do you have bugs? Well, you have bugs in a system when you're trying to revamp something, when you're working on something new. So Google's been working on something big, and there are bugs in it, and the mobile SERP being redesigned is the the outer representation of this inner change that Google's making, okay? And it actually predicted in the last version of the SERP news, which is a monthly news digest, a Google news digest that we do over here, that I do over here, and you can read it on the Rank Ranger blog, and you should read it every month. Just a little plug for you, mm -hmm. okay? I wrote, you can, it's in writing. Mm -hmm. it's in, you can see it with your eyes. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I said you're going to see Google pick up the pace with the number of changes that it makes to its SERP features. The SERP features being, you know, things like the knowledge panel, local panel, all these boxes and doohickeys that Google has. Okay, mm -hmm. SERP features. Okay. Because you have to understand that 2019 has been boring. I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's been boring. Usually Google releases so many change after change and testing this and we'll change this in the local pack. We'll change this in the local pack and we'll test this in the knowledge panel and we'll change this in the local panel and how about a feature snippet that looks like this. But relatively speaking, in 2019, it's been very, very quiet. But I said, after the mobile SERP was redesigned, and this being an, a representation of some big changes coming, the floodgates going to open. And guess what? What? The floodgates opened. We should just call you Elijah. Elijah who? Like the prophet. <laughs> Elijah the prophet. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. That was a good one. Great. Know, very right? good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was snappy. It was. Mm -hmm. Very it? good. <laughs> okay. So am I, am I tooting my own horn too much? Is that what you're insinuating no comment no comment okay you know look we're marketers we have a tutor own <laughs> horn that could be taken so many okay let's oh, move on God. if you will remember okay if you remember actually don't let me let me preface this there's a pattern here there's a pattern with the changes being made there's a pattern with when they're coming let me just explain okay google updated the look it gave a slight makeover if you remember to the desktop serp i know we talked about mobile Right, mobile got a whole redesign altogether, but desktop also, right? Before you had headers, buttons at the top of the SERP where it said, you know, images, if you want to see image search, it had news, you want to see news results, video, if you want to see videos, and it just had the word either video, image, right? Just, there were just words at the top. Now it has a word and an icon. So you have like a video icon and it says videos, it has a news icon and it says news. You, you get what I'm saying, mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's not that complicated. Yeah. Ever since that, okay? And what I'm saying is, okay, let's step back a second, okay? When Google did that, what did you think? What did you say? When Google's changed its way that the mobile SERP look, when the, the way the desktop SERP looks a little bit now, what did you say? I mean, people probably, you know, went like, yay, more icons in color. Woohoo. Right. Because that's all that happened was Google changed colors and... Goodbye. You, you right, have no, no says artistic yay. vision. No one says yay. Oh, look, I yay. did. I you did. You said yay? Yes. Literally, you said yay? I said yay. Wow, look at the news today. Google added icons. You have no the... artistic vision, Morty. I, I used to be a poet. <laughs> I have I have painted with with oil paints before. One time. And it was a disaster. Oh god. I short story. I was painting with my wife in the park. We were gonna take a painting. Okay, and I, I paint this oil picture, oil painting of I don't know what it was. 
And I put the painting down on the floor because we're, we're wrapping up, we're cleaning up, and mm-hmm. I smudged the whole painting with my pant leg. I just like wiped the whole thing by Lovely. accident. It was great. It looked better afterwards, actually. I'm sure. I still have it. I hung <laughs> it up. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yay, and the changes to the colors and the icons being a Yay! Su- Yay, okay. What it really did was open floodgates. All of a sudden, like I said, yes, I said it. It's on the record. You can hear me say it. You can read what I said. Tons and tons of changes to the syrup. This got tested. All sorts of things got tested and changed, okay? You know, like, changes. <laughs> what? Bowie, come on. Ah, whatever. Wait. But that's not really the whole story, okay? Yes, there was an increase in the number of changes. Things are back to normal over the last week or so. But that's not the whole story. Because it's not just the number of changes. It's what's changed. And I think overall, okay, I'm going to set this up. I'm going to show you a few things that have changed, okay? I'm not going to show you. It's an audio experience. I'm going to tell you about things that have changed. I'm going to tie it all in together. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tie it into. The topic layer, okay? I think there's an, and I'll get to what that is in a minute. In a nutshell, okay, over the last two weeks or so, what I think is happening is there's an additional layer of depth uh, that has been added to many of the features that you see on the Google SERP. Okay, let me, let me explain. Imagine that it's, close your eyes <laughs> and take a step back to 2018. So long ago. If you were to do a search like this, okay, Macy's Herald Square, okay, Macy's being the department store, Herald mm-hmm. Square being its flagship location in New York City where they do the parade, right? Okay, if you did a search for hours of Macy's Herald Square, like you want to know when they open and close, you would get an answer box, a direct answer, a box that said simply no URL, no nothing. Macy's Herald Square opens at 7 a.m. and closes at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have no idea when they actually do or don't. I'm making that up. My father probably does. He loves Macy's Herald Square. He literally goes there every week. I'm not even getting into That's that. That's cute. Yeah, it's great. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not getting into this. Okay. Okay. Fine. But if when you did that, all, that's all you would get. You would just get the, you asked for the hours, you got the hours, and that's it. Now, okay, last week or the last week and a half ago, Google released um, a new way of showing this information on the mobile. Okay, so now when you search for hours of Macy's Herald Square, you get the hours, but you also get the businesses rating their google rating you know the four you know, the five stars and you get three and a half out of five stars mm-hmm. so that also shows up now in other words okay same info as before the same hours but another layer of information i.e the rating on top of it okay sweet that's what i mean yeah, sweet another layer of information has been added okay and this is a pattern for example there was another change okay when you search for something general like a, a general product okay what you might find now is that you get a, on mobile, you get a refinement box, I'll call it, okay? It's that you, you get a carousel of the product, and underneath it, you get tabs to refine it by certain subcategories. What am I talking about? Okay, let me give you an example. I was looking at my kids have a bunk bed. I hate the bunk bed. I want to get a new bunk bed. This is true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did a search for bunk bed. Lovely. And I guess, yeah. and I get a whole carousel of all different bunk beds that I can buy. Right. Right. Great. Okay. Great. But now I get two expandable tabs underneath that carousel to refine my bunk bed search. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, there was one box underneath that when you clicked on it expanded, and it was refined by size. So when you open it up, you get a carousel of all different types of sizes for the bunk beds. You can get a, a twin size, a queen size bunk bed, a king size bunk bed. Is that I don't, even a thing? A king size? I don't know. That'd be amazing, though. King size bunk bed? What? I, that's what, I'm gonna get my children a king size bunk bed because I'm a great father. But you could you could refine it by size, right? So now I, you have bunk bed, 
okay, but what size do I want? Okay, you're getting subcategory, size. Right. Underneath that was another subcategory. Okay, this one was by style. So if I want to refine my bunk bed search by the type of style, you, I, do I want a, a rollaway bunk bed, a captain's bunk bed? All these different styles of bunk bed. I have no idea what those things are, by the way. Captain's, right. I, I didn't run <laughs> down literally what I saw. I don't, I don't remember now what the captain's bunk bed is. That's a shame. Yeah, I roll away bunk bed kind of makes sense. You roll it away, I guess, but captain's bunk bed, whatever. Okay, But whatever it is, Okay, in other words, there's an extra layer of topical depth, of topical broadness that's been added to this feature, to the, to the product carousel, okay? And fittingly, it's been added to the topic layer, okay? Because layers of topics to the topic layer. What's the topic layer? The topic layer refers to Google being able to refine a given topic, in this case, bunk beds, by subcategories, okay? And Google introduced this term, topic layer, back in October of 2018 at its 20th anniversary updates. And it said, you know, you could have like a, a, um, a knowledge panel for a dog and you have all these tabs, you know, for the, uh, adopting a dog or, you know, grooming the dog, all these different subcategories. So Google's gotten better at understanding an entity and dividing that entity or that understanding of the entity into subcategories. Okay, in our case of bunk beds, Google's now able to refine and break down a bunk bed into subcategories of size and style, okay? Mm -hmm. You with me? Yeah. Okay, great. So what we have here is Google being able to, to, to offer deeper topical layers of information. Like for example, the store hours search. Okay, we have a business. We used to get hours when we did that query. Now not only do we get hours, but we also get the rating, another layer of topical information. I think Google has taken a big leap forward with this topic layer with the ability to add upon layer, upon layer, upon layer, upon layer, upon layer of topical breakdown goodness or subcategorization of an entity if you want to call it that. It's an easier way to understand it, okay? That was not it. There's two more tests I want to talk to you about that show the exact same pattern. In fact, there are many more tests that came out over the last two weeks and I don't have time to get into all of them, okay? So there was another one. For example, you did a search for like bed sheets, okay? You know, it used to be you would get a carousel of just, you know, bed sheets, you know, right? This, right? Mm -hmm. All different sorts of bed sheets in the carousel, each mm -hmm. card being another bed sheet. I didn't know there were so many different types <laughs> of bed sheets, but okay. That being said, there was a test that came out that showed another tab where you can not just look at the each individual type of bed sheet, but you can get a carousel of comparison sites. Okay, so you want to look at bed sheets? Great. If you want sites that compare all sorts of bed sheets and prices, here's a carousel of all the different sites that do that. Nice. Right? So I think, by the way, a lot of it has to do with Google wanting to avoid some hot water of just showing its own products. It got into a little bit of trouble with that, particularly with the EU. Okay? So this does get out of that a little bit, but also reflects a better understanding and breakdown of the topic of the product into additional layers, right? The user may want to see actual bed sheets in a carousel, and the user may want to see a list of sites where they can, can compare different bed sheets, right? Right. Another layer of information. Here's another one for you, okay? You know Google Posts, okay? Google Posts, they're, they're created by a business. They show up in the, in the local panel, and it's all sorts of content that you can write as a business and post with on the SERP right within the knowledge panel, okay? And it goes in date order, right? If I wrote one on Sunday, that's my first one. The, the one I wrote on Saturday is the second one in the carousel. The one I wrote on Friday is the third one in the carousel. It goes in date order, okay? They only last for about seven days in general. Now... Now Google started showing, and it was spotted, I think, a week ago, where Google started showing old posts that the business wrote but that relate to your query. So, for example, let's go back to Macy's, okay? Let's say I do a search for Macy's Perfume, mm -hmm. Macy's Herald Square Perfume, okay? And I get the local panel. 
Well, you might, you don't get one in this case, but talking in theory here, you might get a carousel of all Google posts from Macy's, not in date order per se, but related to perfume in the knowledge panel. In other words, another layer of topical content being pulled out by Google, being understood by Google and being shown, being put in the face of the user. Okay. And there were, again, a bunch of other tests you can tie into this. And for the sake of time, again, I have to leave it out. But all of them, again, point to this pattern. These external overhauls, changes to the mobile SERP, changes to how the desktop SERP looks. And now you have all of these rollout after rollout after change after change to the SERP features that all signify, that all speak to an extra layer of topical depth on the SERP. I think Google, again, has made great strides recently with this topic layer. And it's to be able to break down topics in all new ways and show those breakdowns in all new ways. It's got a better, and by the way, there's a ton of implications to that, okay? And, and those implications run from an increased product competition, right? We saw that you can now have, you have your product in the carousel. We also have right next to it comparison sites. So now you're competing with comparison sites, right? So you have, there's just tons and tons of implications. I mean, it, it, you can go on endlessly, but I don't want to ramble on too much about this because we do have a lot of local. This is a great, this is all about local. Right. We're just going into local here. Actually, it's not true that we're talking about products a lot, but products tie into local, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Forget that. Okay. So again, simply topic layer has expanded. A lot of the changes we're seeing and a lot of these, you know, floodgates opening up relate to the topic layer. Big strides made there, I think. Moving on. Okay. Because let's keep it with local. Let's keep rolling here because we have a true local search guru, not just someone who actually writes, you know, I'm a local search guru in my LinkedIn profile. And oh, I saw so <laughs> There's many. so many of those, wow. but he's actually a local search guru. And by the, by the way, so fitting that this is the week we have him on the show because Google just got punched in the kidneys by the Wall Street Journal showing how, you know, some of those or a lot of those fake business listings have real implications and kind of mess up people's lives somehow and sometimes. So what a great time to welcome onto the show Mike Blumenthal so we can talk about Google monetization, uh, local search strategies, reviews, rankings. Here's Mike Blumenthal. Cut one. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another In Search SEO podcast interview session. Today, we have the great sage of local SEO, the co-founder of Local University, the co-founder of the online review engine Gather Up, and the provider of local insights on the understanding Google, my business, and local search blog. He is, of course, Professor Mavs himself, Mike Blumenthal. Welcome. Hi, well, uh, thank you. Did you use the word cool in association with Mike Blumenthal in the same sentence? <laughs> Why not? I think you, may, you maybe, maybe haven't met me. I, I am the antithesis of cool, of cool. but in, in being the antithesis of cool, I end up, I guess, achieving cool. No, that's cool. That's nonconformist cool. That's, a to that's the oh, yeah, epitome that's cool. of cool. Well, we'll see. Wait, so I also, I, you're a big outdoorsman, right? I, I try to do my research. Well, I used to be a big outdoorsman. I was a guide for National Outdoor Leadership School for a number of years in, the, in East Africa and Alaska and Wyoming, 70s, 80s. But I haven't, you know, sort of slowed down on that front a little bit. Yeah, well, I do ride my bike a lot, but see that's that's cool. Well, I don't ride it because it's cool. I, you know, I ride it because I, it's the one way for me to fool myself into getting exercise. <laughs> right. I just tell myself that I don't have a car, then I ride it to ten miles to work and the ten miles home, so I get in a twenty mile ride most summer days. But I'm a fair weather rider. You know, temperature drops below forty, or if there's drips of rain, I tend not to get on my bicycle. Well, it depends where you live. If you're in San Diego, 
So that's all you yeah, around. I don't. I live in upstate New York, oh. so it's uh, it's cold. A couple months here. Okay. Well, I know I know someone. My my brother in law's father used to ride from northern New Jersey through Manhattan on his bike every day, rain, snow, or whatever, until wow. he got hit by a car. That's a commitment. Yep, that's a commitment. <laughs> and, and until the car hit him, that was it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. He went out with his boots on. He, he, that's right. That's re- I mean, I like bike riding. I never bike ride in the middle of New York City if you caught me dead. Anyway, okay. So let's get into some local SEO, spam reviews, and all sorts of good, fun things. So let me start off with, so in another lifetime, I used to be a property manager in New York, in New York City, actually, because I, I love New York City, for about eight or nine years. So I'm very familiar with a lot of the big vendors in New York City. So if you ask me, yeah, who are the top plumbing companies in New York City, I can probably still rattle them off. However... When I do a search, and if I search for, I don't know, um, Plumber New York City, most of the things I'm going to see are listings like 24-Hour Plumber, the best 24-Hour Plumber, 24-Hour Plumbing Services. None of the names I would expect to see actually show up, which begs the question, is something broken? Because oddly enough, when I look at this local service ads, the plumbers I would expect to see do show up. Right. Well, one, your search is slightly broken. <laughs> most, you know, most searchers... Uh, tend to search on mobile, search on businesses nearby, and typically don't use geomodifiers in their search. And when you do that search and you're in proximity, Google does a much better job of delivering real results within proximity. Clearly, there's a fair bit of spam in New York City and in plumbing um, that Google hasn't, over the past year or two, done a great job of ameliorating. So there is some brokenness about Google's handling of listings in the service process. So it's a little bit of both, right? I mean, Google is interested in delivering relevant search results based on location. Location has become the prime deliverer of relevance in local. And so when you look within half mile or three quarters of a mile of any given location, you'll find typically the ones that are the closest and real tend to surface. But, you know, in service area businesses, there's a lot of spam, a lot of cheating because the economic rewards are quite high. And I think one of the ways that Google has responded to that is with their local service ads that look like pack results that require higher levels of verification to get in and you pay to play and they're showing those more and more on the page. I wrote an article just the other day at my blog about um, Google testing a scrolling horizontal, what I call the local scroll pack. Yeah, I saw when that. You looked, when you looked above that in the search results on mobile, the top of the screen had two local service ads, and then next down were three AdWords ads, and then there was an organic result from Yelp, and then they showed the local pack. So one of the ways that Google is dealing with this is by pushing the local pack down and providing other results above it in, in in that vertical in that mark so so first off I'm, I'm embarrassed i got caught with my search marketing bubble pants down by doing a search that no one would actually do except for somebody in the seo industry so i'm just i'm just gonna well, admit, I'm admit that no one does it i'm just saying that typically in plumbers it's a very localized search um you know there are there are industries where one would look want to look more broadly and i think when google delivers narrow results they would, for example, a car dealer in New York City. 
they're not very many and you have to go a little further afield. So there you might, but even then, if you were located near same type Cargula, Google would expand the radius to try to deliver the query, right. try to answer the query. Okay, so, so with the, let's say the, the, the testing format that you saw the other day, if Google's doing that, is that an admission of failure? Well, I had a couple theories about it. I mean, one is that they are not, they, this was a test potentially in response to the antitrust actions that the government is looking to take that Yelp has been calling for for the last four or five years. It's a possible response to that in certain industries. It is possibly, certainly local service ads is an admission that their service area businesses tend to be spammy. They have been doing a lot of work over the last six months of forcing service many service area businesses to re-verify and when they do to have to submit real signage uh, around the location and prove that they actually exist so google is working to clean those up it's a slow process because it's a combination of physical verification plus um ai and machine learning to understand you know which ones to suspend so there's some of that and there's also the economic demand at google to some extent I'm not looking for culpability with Google. I mean, I, I look at the Google search results. This is what you have to deal with today in any given vertical. And a business needs to make a decision vis-a-vis -vis these results, regardless of culpability, guilt, or not. Google has succeeded in winning market share, succeeded in putting most of the other local sites out of business. And thus, this is what, you're, as a business and a consumer, your choice is. And so, you know, to some extent, bemoaning the reality is like we talked pre-conversation, right? It, 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 it doesn't serve the business. I mean, yep. yes, it, it may may suck a little bit. <laughs> Meantime, you got to make a living. How are you going to do it? And so you need to approach it that way. I think. Okay, so let, let me let me ask then because well, two questions. One is and so many things to get into with this local service ads. Okay, Be, because there's so many issues. Let's say with those verticals like a plumber or a locksmith or an electrician, particularly locksmith and, and plumbers. If you're if you're a legitimate business, and and because there's so much spam out there, do you have to go the route of of buying in and paying for a local service ad? Well, I think it depends on the market and the vertical and the location. Uh, I'm asking like so, plumbers, you know, uh, really spammy vertical like that in a major city like New York or or LA or something like that. Right. Again, I think you should. We've seen historically that AdWords has creeped up from you know, one or 2% of the clicks in mobile to six or 7% or 8% of the clicks. And it may be higher in the, in this marketplace. Uh, organic has still served in that, in that world. So even if, if AdWords clicks achieve 20% and Google manages to capture all the traffic and not send it onto your website, there is still value in working the local listing because those other clicks are going someplace. Right, for sure. So, so, the, so the answer is that, yes, I would take a mixed approach and I would evaluate each and I would put in place tracking so that I could make sure that the expenditures in one place versus the other is paying off. But I see a mixed approach to search of three things, really. AdWords, entity optimization, i.e. knowledge graph optimization, and organic optimization as all still providing value to a business. And it's just a question of the mix and the return on investment. Yeah. Okay. So I want to jump to another 
topic for a quick second. Um, Google my business monetization because I would be remiss if I didn't bring that up to you. So for those who are not familiar, there was a whole survey that got sent out that sort of seemed to imply maybe that Google could be monetizing uh, Google My Business at some point in some way and somehow. One of the things that came up in that survey seemed to imply that Google would would, would charge to verify reviews. And I, ha- I have to ask a, a personal question, I guess, because there are people like you and Joy Hawkins, and people who have really been in the forefront of the fight against spam. To see something like Google saying, you know what, we, we can verify reviews. We, it's not like we can't do it. Just, well, we're going to charge for it. Does that sort of make your blood boil a little bit? So I looked at that survey and I immediately discounted it. You know, oh, interesting. It looked, to be, it looked to be the work of an amateur <laughs> summer in, intern that was looking for something to do. I mean, it had like 40 or 50 questions. Who surveys that way? And Google, which has you know many better survey opportunities, including uh, you know their own survey tool, it seems unlikely that 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 reflects higher level thinking. So <laughs> that's issue one. Issue two, you know, the reality is Google is a corporation in the great uh, tradition of uh, monopolistic corporations, and they are beholden to their to their stockholders to increase income. And, right doing that aggressively. The other reality, though, is that in local, Google has long had a practice of sort of a freemium model where they offer many things free or cheap, and they do it not out of the goodness of their heart, but because consumers like that data, and Google gets data from it, which Google sees as gold, um, and so they don't charge for everything. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get my underwear in a bundle about speculation about the purpose behind this survey, which I saw as a short-term aberration. You know, I'm going to look at 10 years of Google history and 10 years of their behavior and say, gee, what are they likely to do next? You know, one reality is that if, a, if an expensive investment doesn't generate a billion dollars of income to them, they're not going to do it. Right. Right. They need big money to change their, to change their income projections. Two, they have that, they see value in data. And so they will continue to do things that increases their data. An example is reviews. I don't know if you saw the, the post I did at Gather Up this week, but Google is now using review content for the Q&A to, for, to answer consumers' questions about yep. Google, about, Q, about the business. And that's an incredibly powerful use of artificial intelligence and machine learning to solve a very real problem and to keep that customer on Google and to make the decision about the business on Google without them having to go someplace else to get long tail questions answered. And in that context, over the last five years, we've seen Google, particularly over the last four, unleash the power of their local search engine to garner reviews. So when I do an analysis of, let's say, a restaurant business with 200 locations, and I look across the last four years of reviews, across all 200 locations, I might see in the case of uh, Yelp, they're getting the same number of reviews per location that they were getting four years ago. You know, maybe one review per location every, you know, whatever period of time. Whereas Google, has unleashed the review monster and they zoomed past Yelp in a review per location volume to the point where they're generating 
10, 20, 30 times the number of reviews per, per location on a monthly basis. So Google sees huge value in that data, huge value. They're using it, and this is one of your other questions I noticed, but I, uh, there was a patent released in 2017, which indicates that Google is, you know, is parsing these reviews to understand both entity details, like what they do, as well as entity detail sentiment, how well they do it. And so they use reviews from a data point of view. So they need massive quantities of reviews to effectively deliver on that promise of answering the consumer's question right. about the business. It's a long-winded answer. I apologize. No, no, no. That, that's why I have you on. For those long-winded answers, but does oh, it? Oh well, then you got the right guy. <laughs> yeah, proof that I am not cool. The, I, whoever said long-winded is not cool. Uh, well, I'm not. I mean, it, it, like I would know. Like I'm so cool. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, one cool guy or the other. My nickname, Professor Matt, was half a joke because I tend to be pedantic and professorial-like when giving talks about cool. I like and so that. it was half. It was half humorous. I mean, I'm a former teacher, so professor, the, the professorship of it all flows for me. Uh, right. So, all right. All right. So, wait, back, back to wait, back to this. Right. Well, let me ask you about Google monetization or Google My Business monetization. Why not do it to a certain extent? Whatever. I'm not saying full on. There are certain ways. I mean, why wouldn't they do it? Is, is they my are question. Doing it. They've been doing it. Yeah. If you look at the history of Google Local since 2015, and they announced that they would do it through a product that they've had great success with, which is ads. They've increasingly localized their ad tool. They, you can now buy, for example, promoted pins on the map. Right. You can have ads in the pack results. You can now have local service ads. These are all new formats in the last year. So yep. my response to you is they're already doing it to great success and to great monetary gains. Look at their financials. So. Do they need to, some penny anyway to piss people off? Probably <laughs> not. They've got big ways to get their hands in their pocket. Okay, let me, and let, they have been for the last four years. Let, and it will continue. Let me ask this then. And I don't know if it's something that you're, you know, you're, you have a theory on or not, but if you do, I'd love to hear it. So I was talking to Sergey Alakov a few months ago. And we're talking about the idea that local is really the, the natural segue to monetize voice search. Correct. Right? That if, so if you're doing a, if you're doing a, a query, a local query, you know, if, you know, hey Google, find me a pizza place, right? In, in theory, there's so many different ways you could talk about monetizing that, right? You can have a sponsored result. You can have here's a guaranteed listings. You could have a knowledge graph answer. Right. So it, it does does local or does increasing the the monetization aspect of of local sort of segue into solving their voice search problems. Well, I think Google really has was ahead of the curve in terms of implementation of the knowledge graph and of understanding a business's characteristics. So I see in, in a broad sense, the knowledge graph is a better way to answer questions than a uh, link graph is. And so the answer to that is that they that the solutions they've been coming up with. Now the real the question that that begs is is a monetized version of the knowledge graph where they've done extra vetting as they do with local service ads a better way to guarantee the relevance of those results and i think in some verticals 
maybe not pizza, but certainly in plumbers where somebody might be coming into your home, that Google has a legal and a moral obligation to vet these businesses at a higher level than they have been doing in the past. And I think local service ads allows them to do it, right? They have Pinkerton, they do Pinkerton research on the company and the employees right. with local service ads. So Google is guaranteeing them with a higher level of confidence. And so if somebody's standing in their home, asking for a plumber to come into their home, and that plumber comes in and does something bad, you know, to some extent, maybe not legally, morally, Google has an obligation. Right. I think that local service ads is a way for them to deal with that. So, like I, so in some verticals, it is a, it makes sense that they would be delivering that one answer, the two answer that voice supports via more knowledge about that business. And that knowledge is likely going to become from a paid ad because it includes things like serious vetting. Right. I mean, it, 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 I think it was a month ago or so, there was some sort of speculation that Google was using local service ads as, as a way of, of providing voice search answers for local queries, and there was a whole hoopla about that. But from my perspective, that was great. Why not use them? They're much better than the average local result. Right. I mean, Google is going is concerned with delivering a good experience user and a good answer, and they got to where they are historically by doing that. So if if they're going to be able to deliver a better answer in some verticals, I think they'll make that choice. Yep. Okay, so let me let me jump back to the Q&A feature, which we, which we spoke about very briefly um, a few minutes ago. The Q&A feature, which of course is, I find to be one of the undervalued, underutilized features, um, is there the potential for immense amounts of spam? In other words, why can't one business get some really nasty, terrible answers or ask some really you know, implicative questions, if that's a real word, that would sort of show the business that they're, they're answering or questioning in a, in a bad light. So let's step back a little and let, you know, uh, look at the feature broadly. And that is that you know, Google introduced it, I think, in, from August to December of 2017 as a way to increase their long tail understanding about a business. And if you look at it in the way on mobile that Google, uh, where Google presents a business almost like a website, in their mobile presentation mm -hmm. with a tabbed interface. The Google Q&A serves to supplement that information much like an FAQ does on the business website. So Google implemented it as a way to create timely answers to very location-specific questions that consumers might have. And then they, when a question was asked, they would then send that question out to a local guide where they have 50 or 60 million of them to give a quick answer. Now, it opens up possibilities on multiple fronts. On a positive side, business can go out and leave their own questions and their own answers. And in that case, the business, I think, is incentivized to answer cons potential consumer questions, to save the consumer the phone call. And I think that feature is grossly underutilized. Why wouldn't every business yeah. go out and preload those questions to save that consumer the trouble of looking for an answer. Yeah, don't let my question fool you. I think it's a great feature. I'm just asking on the other right. side of it. And and so and then initially when I did my research and looked at the quality of answers, what I saw were that 75% of them were selling opportunities and 23% initially were reputation related sort of inappropriate questions that 
violated terms of service. Maybe 11% were reputation related. The others were just irrelevant questions. So there was a fair bit of crap. Now, since then, I haven't redone that original research, but since then I have noticed that many of these bogus questions have been taken down mm -hmm. by their artificial intelligence improved in machine learning. So Google is doing a better job of that. That being said, stuff still sneaks through. The business can report it and it will be taken down. So I think it behooves the business to monitor their Google profile, their business profile, because it, in many ways, and I, I refer to this as Google as your new homepage, as a mnemonic, in many ways, that information on your profile at Google is probably the most viewed information about your business any place mm. in the world. It's more there than it is on your website. That's a very so good I point. So I think it behooves a business to monitor it and make sure that there isn't bad information there. There's an easy reporting mechanism. You click on the Q&A, it comes to choices, and you can report it. So yes, it is open to abuse, as is any crowdsourced platform, yep. whether yep. it's Yelp or whether it's Google or anything else. And Google being sort of machine learning driven tends to look at 90% or 92% accuracy as accurate enough, which is annoying because it means that 8% is inaccurate. Right. Uh, and I think the business needs to understand that this is how Google views the world. They view the world as if it's largely relevant, it's good enough. And for me as a business owner, that isn't good enough. I want precision. I want it to be accurate. So it pushes some of the workload back down to the business to be sure that it is accurate. So yeah, there's abuses possible and certainly we've seen them in reviews. We've seen them to some extent by consumers in Q&A. But I think that any business with you know, paying half attention to this problem would be monitoring their Google profile regularly and doing something about it. Yeah, that's a great point, by the way, to make sure you do keep an eye on what's going on in the Q&A feature because maybe you're not asking your own questions, but users could be. Right. Let me, let me, I want to talk about the Q&A from another angle. I'm going to preface this by saying that when it comes to um, YNYL, your money, your life, um, issues on the SERP, particularly medical issues. So the Google's medical knowledge panel, and they've taken a lot of care and put a lot of effort in teaming up, I think, with the, it's with the Mayo Clinic to make sure the information there is accurate. But when dealing with a Q&A feature for, let's say, a health-related business, Google obviously is dealing with questions and content that's supplied by users and by the business themselves. Does the Q&A feature work for a business, uh, for a medical business, for a financial services business, where you have sort of this this gray area or room, rather, for some really, I, I hate to put it, irresponsible information being put out there? Well, even I think a bigger tragedy that I have seen is when a consumer in desperate need goes there and asks for help with serious depression or thoughts of suicide. This consumer thinking that is perhaps a real-time answer system, mm. where in reality it goes into a vast a tumbler and maybe an answer comes out soon and maybe it doesn't, and maybe the answer is accurate and maybe it isn't. So I think that Google has not done a good job of educating consumers about the feature. And I think that is, you know, it could have tragic consequences. I've seen some examples of these and they're very sad. Yeah, the example um, you have here in the notes for the for the interview here, I was just reading it before, is very, very sad. Right. And so, you know, this is a problem of doing things at scale with machine learning, opens, you know, with you know, user-generated content. 
And we're seeing these problems now that we've our society has allowed this to be the you know the modus operandi. So I don't know if like I said, Google is it's only obvious at Google because they've been more successful and they have more scale. I think Google has not has failed in two areas in this. One is they haven't educated consumers about what speech is really for. And two, they haven't done a good enough job. In fact, this is why with Gather Up, when this feature came out, I was so annoyed. I built a reporting tool so that businesses would be immediately alerted to new questions. Google has not done a good job of building reporting around this tool. Sub recently, I think January, January, they did upgrade their API to support Q&A reporting, which we did at Gather Up to increase the timeliness of the reporting. But I think you know, really small businesses, if they can get in the habit of checking it regularly, should. But large businesses with multiple locations can't do that. So you need a tool. And Google has not really done a great job there. So but this is typical of Google. I mean, they bring out a feature, they throw it against the wall, they see if they can get 85, 90, 95% reasonable answers. They think they can train, you know, they're arrogant enough to think they can train their AI to keep their cruft down. And you end up, and then they invest in it slowly over time to build early and reiterate often. You know, in the real world of local, that sort of approach to relevance can be very annoying. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get it. But I, like I said earlier, it's just the reality within which we live. And so as a business, you have to make these business decisions about it. You can't get on your moral high horse because it doesn't do any good. But, not your, not you, and your moral liars. You're entitled <laughs> to get on it. I'm just saying, as a business, <laughs> they might want to think twice about it. I mean, it is interesting in this case. I mean, it, it would seem that Google could have locked off the future for certain business types. They do. I think it's less visible on maybe schools and such, but they haven't really yep. done a deep dive on it. Uh, they could. Yeah. Um, they haven't. You know, they, like I said, they view this at. They they view success differently than we view success. That's a that's an understatement, but yeah, that's true. I wanna I wanna end off our serious questions with one last thing about um, reviews. So there's a document where Google says, and I'll, I'll quote them. I'll put my best reading voice. Uh, Google review count and score are factored into local search ranking. More reviews and positive ratings will probably improve a business's local ranking. So obviously that means that the number of reviews and the and the, the average rating that is ascribed to a business is going to help you. I um, mean, your visibility in, in local searches. To that, is there an idea that, or let me put it this way, can Google, is Google indexing the actual content within the reviews? And does the content within the review come into play in some way, shape, or form? Well, you know, I think that the content is probably perceived by Google as the most significant part of the review. They published a patent in 27, 28, fall 2018, I wrote up the patent and my understanding of it at Gather Up in February. And in the patent, they note the following. User reviews may be gathered from one or more of a blog or social network, postings, emails, articles written for websites, or for printed publications such as magazines or newspapers, postings made to a user review section of an online vendor market. So point one is they look everywhere for review content. Point two is they, they then went on to note in this patent that this was about understanding the title of this patent was analyzing user reviews to determine entity attributes. 
In other words, they are looking for both, um, they're looking for entity action to businesses and entity. They're looking for reviews to understand what the business does and how well it does it. And what it does becomes really primary. They looked at positive mentions of what they did in, in aggregate as increasing the likelihood of that business to show on that attribute. So in other words, Barbara Oliver Jewelry, they talk about engagement rings in a positive review more and more and more. That means she's more relevant on the term engagement rings. Mm. Google thinks of rank in terms of prominence and relevance. So reviews probably have some play review count in prominence, but not as much as people think. And re relevance, i.e. the content of the review, in terms of expanding the reach of a local business where it shows what it shows for plays a huge role in reviews. So in some ways, I think that that's the most important part of reviews for Google is using them to understand more about the business and to show the when they do understand something more about a business. Which is why you are Professor Maps, because most people focus on the number of reviews and the, the, the rating of the review versus the content of the review. Right. And I think the content is everything in the review. Interesting. And you can see this uh, interesting tie-in between reviews and Google Q&A and local guides. Firstly, with local guides, they incentivize local guides to create longer reviews. They get that more content helps them with understanding. That makes sense. Secondly, then when you there's a new feature in Google Q&A where if a consumer starts typing, this is in the United States, I don't think it's international yet, uh, when a consumer starts typing a question, Google looks at the words in the query and immediately starts surfacing reviews that match that match those entities. So they right. look for any word. They don't look for modifiers and ands and thes and they look for nouns and verbs. And then they extract those nouns and verbs and then highlight a sentence in the review that they think answers that question. So this shows, this demonstrates clearly what the patent's talking about, that Google looks at the content of the reviews to understand attributes about the business. And now they've taken the next step, which is to not just understand the attributes of the business, but to answer unpredicted questions about the attributes about that business. Right, and they're using the reviews to supply the answers, that, that case in point. Correct. Yes. Yes, correctly. Yep. Right. Wow. That is amazing and very, very interesting. And I'm going to follow that very serious point with a um, fun question that, uh, that, I, that I asked my guests. I call it optimize or disavow. It's where I give you either two good options or two terrible options, and you're stuck either picking between one really good option over another really good option or one crappy option over another crappy option, which, which sucks. So this is the Mike Blumenthal version of optimize it or disavow it. And today I'm going to ask you, so you have a terrible choice. You could either upload really bland, boring, um, inconsequential uh, images to your local profile that would show up in, say, the local panel. Or you have the task of some really irrelevant, obscure, boring, bland, and all other you know horrible additives you can think of when creating a Google post or when, uh, when creating your own sort of Q&A using the Q, your own FAQ using the Q&A feature. Which is the lesser of two evils, that really bland, boring image or that really irrelevant, inconsequential content that you can put into the, the knowledge panel yourself via post or the Q&A? So from where I sit, the business should then get their bicycle out and go for a bike ride. Fuck <laughs> this shit. I mean, why, 
right? I mean, I see bad content and bad images as a waste of everybody's time, particularly the consumer. And I see content as having fallen into this trap already. And to a large extent, gag me with a spoon. Who needs more bad content? And we have yet to get to the point where people are uploading bad images, but I can see marketers thinking that somehow more images are better with Google, and therefore we have to upload a ton of them. Therefore, let's upload images, even if they're terrible. That that's the way marketers think, and it's like let's move on. Right. Life is not long enough for either of those choices. Sorry to not play your game. No, that's <laughs> you're the first guest to say screw this. I'm not doing this. You're the first guest to say screw this. All too many marketers play this game. <sighs> Somebody says it's got to have more content, and they start throwing stuff at the wall. Right. Give me a break. Oh, boy. I, that's a great answer. <laughs> that was the most entertaining answer to that kind of question that I've ever had. So I appreciate well, okay. that. This is, wait, that's why you're cool. It all comes full circle. <laughs> Again, my children might disagree. My wife might disagree. But if you want to think of me as cool, you are welcome Thank you. to. But your, your children are never going to think of you as cool, inherently. It's like, the, why would you even ask them? Well, my hope is that they think of me as a reasonable adult with whom they can have a relationship that's my hope and the keyword being reasonable yes it's hard to reasonable is hard that i like i'm a a big fan of using that word actually is that reasonable or is it unreasonable right well parent there's a lot of a lot of pressure to be unreasonable you know all those voices chanting in our ears about what's a good parent it's not easy at all much easier to do local seo yeah. Maybe. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. And I'll be glad to come back anytime you'd like more local search questions answered. Oh, I'll take you up on that. Thanks again. All right. And we are back to your in search SEO podcast regularly scheduled programming. By the way, I didn't call him cool. I think he misheard me. And I don't know if this is wrong or not. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of went with it. Like, yeah, I called you cool. I mean, he is cool. I'm not saying he's not cool. He is cool. He is cool. He is cool, and he's beyond knowledgeable. So with that, let's head right into the community question of the week. And this is your Rank Ranger SEO community question. Hit it, here. What are some tips on dealing with spam in the local listings and reviews? Right. A lot of spam. A lot of spam in local listings. A lot of spam in reviews. Just, you know, give us some tips on how do you best handle that. Because that would be helpful. Because there's a lot of it out there, Uh, especially if you're like in those verticals like plumbers, electricians, locksmiths, that sort of thing. We'd love to hear what you have to say, especially if you're in those verticals. Okay. by the way, before we move on, let's head back and see what you all said to last week's question where we had Craig Campbell on talking about Black Hat SEO. We asked you, how do you stay competitive with sites that use Black Hat SEO tactics? And you said, well, some of you said some of you were naughty. Oh my God. I mean, you are not. He's like, no, you should also use Black Hat SEO tactics. That was a lot of the response that I saw. Really? Yeah, like, ooh, people are naughty in the oh. SEO world. Um, <laughs> some people are even naughtier. Itamar Blauer, who we are going to have on the podcast shortly, he said, oh, you should report people and you know say they're doing bad things with their links and stuff. Okay. So yeah, Itamar's <laughs> a little snitch here. I'm, so, I'm calling him out. That's not true. He's like, maybe you could do that. It is an idea. No, it's true. Look, if you're being hit by spammy, it's not. If you're being hit by spammy practices, and you can report that, you should report that. Why shouldn't you take care of your your job? Is take care of your site. 
Right. Okay. For no, look, you have all the time. People in, in, in ads, like they, they take branded keywords and they go after your branded keyword and you're not, it's against the guidelines. Sure. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. You should report that to Google. Right. So I'm not calling you a snitch, Ethamar. I'm just. <laughs> we love you, Ethamar. We love you. We're just. just <laughs> you're a snitch. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Be sure to look for the SEO Rank Rangers SEO community question. It's on Twitter. It'll be on the podcast at the blog post that harbors this podcast. It'll be on our Facebook. It'll be on our LinkedIn. It'll be here. It'll be there. It'll be everywhere. You can just comment right on social media or we have a form where you can comment if you want to remain anonymous. So if you want to say all your spammy black hat stuff, just do it in the in the form. So right. you just don't have to leave your name or anything. Anyway, I have a craving for gossip, by the way, that I feel like I just want some gossip. I just want, I guess SEO news will have to do and I'll have to suffice, but I would just love some really juicy craziness. Like, what really goes on at Google? I would love to really know. I would I would love to be a fly on the wall at Google. Like, I, I bet she was like a regular Young and the Restless. That's a soap opera, by the way. I know. Oh, so that you knew. <laughs> that you knew. That's, that's been going on, you I, know. I don't think I've ever watched it. I only know it, like, because, like, my grandmother watched it. I don't ever. I, I never actually I watched, watched it. I, be, I never watched it. Is Charles it. still sleeping with with uh, Marianne? <laughs> How would I know? Okay, you, you seem very familiar with this. Anyway, Sapir, forget gossip. Let's get into the news. Sapir, please hit it with the news. Okay, a bit of controversy as Google was accused of scraping lyrics from the site Genius.com. Google denies the accusations. But it has taken the SEO world by storm. Yes. Okay, this brings up a lot of questions in my mind. Like Google has said they, they pay for the lyrics. They pay a third party for the lyrics and all sorts of other data similar to this. I would assume like stats and all that sort of stuff. But really to me, what's the difference? What's the difference between Google paying for lyrics versus not paying for a recipe? Now, let's say, let's say I wrote, I sat down and I took, I'm the first one ever to take like the doors, the end. Okay, it's a song. You don't have to know what it is up here. It's a song. <laughs> and I, it's a really long song. And I transcribed it. I'm the first one ever to do this. Obviously, this is not true. There's been many sites who have done this. But I'm let's sure, say I was yeah. the first, okay? okay? And Google said, you know what? We're going to take your lyrics and we're going to put them on the SERP. We're going to pull them off your site. Okay? So Google said, no, we don't do that. We pay for that. What is, the difference, what is the difference between that and if I write a recipe, which Google doesn't pay for? Google just scrapes off the, off, off the sites. Right. I don't understand the difference. It, to me, if you're going to pay for one, pay for both. If you're not going to pay for one, then don't pay for the other one. I agree. It's a little bit inconsistent in my mind. Okay, sorry. I rambled. Okay, so yeah, basically it was a rough week for Google. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Days after the Lyric incident, the Wall Street Journal ran a report highlighting how fake Google map listings really hurt people. Yeah, so someone asked me, like, what, what, there's the two articles in one week really going after Google. What's mm-hmm. going on? Like, this is, first off, the, the, the local map, like, okay, so the Lyric thing is new. It just happened, blah, 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 fine. But the map spam and the map pack, that sort of thing, that's old news. Why all of a sudden now is this coming up? So my thought is like this. There has been a, a significant change in the culture, at least in the U. I know in the U for a long time now, but in the U.S., some of the people running for president are now talking about openly the idea that Google needs to be regulated. Okay, where this was not a topic, let's say four years ago, five years ago, whatever, whatever it is, two years ago, a year ago, mm-hmm. it's very much becoming part of the culture, uh, in some way or on some level, that Google needs to be limited and regulated. And whether you agree with that, whether you don't agree with that, I'm not getting into that. But I think that part of the reason why you're seeing an uptick in these sort of articles is to look. If you're a publisher, 
Okay, you want to write, uh, you want to go with the, the flow, right? You want to go, the people are interested in how they're relating to things, how they're thinking about things. And this fits into this sort of new dynamic of, hey, you know, Google maybe is too big for our good. So I think that's why you're starting to see these articles pop up with a little bit more regularity. All right. All right, moving on. Google is bringing 3D function functionality to Google Ads. A new Google Ad format lets you place a rotating object in video format within an ad. Also, Google is releasing a special Google ad format for YouTube live broadcasts. 360 video? Pretty nifty. It's really nifty. It's mm -hmm. like it's it, you have like inside the ad, it's like a imagine like I don't know, you're selling uh, like a mosquito eater. I just bought one. It just came to my head. Yeah, random, oh my, I know. Oh my god. So, my wife was getting bit up, so she's like <laughs> buy one of those things. I don't know if they work yet. And ordered it, it didn't show up yet. And in the ad, imagine you had this mosquito eater canister thing and it's just spinning around so you can see it. From wow, all angles. That's, Amazing, that's, wow. right? Because when I saw the back of it, I'm like, wow, this is so different than the front of it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Morty. All right. Moving on. So a new Google Ads test has a carousel of smaller ads entitled People Also Considered Appearing Under One Large Ads. So, right. So you had one giant ad and underneath it was a carousel of smaller ads mm -hmm. and the, the competitors' ads, right? Right. And that carousel was headed, the title of the carousel was people also considered and i hate that title why because okay first off okay so normally you do a, you do a query right and you you bring up the ads and there's maybe your ad maybe some competitors ads and google's you know being pretty you know i don't know um what the right word is impartial about it right right so here's this ad it's the first one here's the ad it's the second one here's the ad it's the third one now what google's saying it's just a test by the way it didn't come out it's a test okay one person found it you uh, couldn't be reproduced okay so it's like it's out there it's indicative it's mm -hmm. indicative mm -hmm. but now you have this thing okay so now you have your first ad your second ad right google's impartial now you have this carousel people also considered meaning like <laughs> you want to go with that person and their ad no 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 people also consider this don't do that it's like the title almost says like don't go with that first ad also consider this please I'm being a little, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Mm -hmm. but a little the, bit. A little, no, but the title does, the title. The, I mean, the, it's pretty straightforward. No, it's not. It is. No, we can argue, but we've argued about this. When you write, people also consider, okay? You're, it's like people also search for. It's a little bit different than that. Okay, people, here are some more options for you. People also consider, I'm like, you might, because you're, you're talking about spending money, right? People also consider me like, yeah, you have this one, but people are also considering this. Like, maybe don't go there. And I, I agree. Some people will take it your way. Like, well, yeah, it's fine. It's more options. And I think some people will take that title to saying, well, you also consider this. Well, maybe I shouldn't get that one because people are considering this. If I told you, okay, for example, the first ad, no one's telling me anybody's considering it, right? This mm -hmm. is the first ad. It's mm -hmm. a big, giant ad. Mm -hmm. If I told you, you know what? People are also considering this. Not that. Would you look at the second thing? Probably not. Yeah, no, I would. I'm like, oh, people are considering this? Oh, I don't want to go against what people are saying. People are considering this. I should consider this. I think there's a little bit more psychological marketing um, meaning to that title than just here are some more options. That's all I'm saying. We can agree to disagree. Okay, let's agree to disagree. Okay, fine. <laughs> Sheesh. A tough crowd today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Okay, so now is the best part of the show. It is upon us. 
Forget all the insights. Forget all the news. I'm forget scared. All, oh, are you scared? Forget all the arguments about ad title carousels. That didn't come out right. But you know what I mean, uh, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's time for pure silliness. It's time for the insert SEO fun send-off question. So, Caesar talking about lyrics this week because Google got caught scraping lyrics. So, they said, no, we didn't. And I'm not taking a side. I'm just giving you the information. We don't mm-hmm. take sides mm-hmm. in this podcast. <clears throat> you could read between the lines there. <laughs> this week, because of the lyrics scandal, I want to know if Google had a theme song. Google had a theme song. Mm-hmm. What would it be? You know, like a theme song. Let me explain what I mean by theme song, okay? You know, like, you know, a boxer walks into the ring, they play the music, or a wrestler walks down, Hulk Hogan is playing the music, or a guy gets at the bat in baseball and they play music. Right. Right, the theme music for that thank person, you, like, for, you know, Rocky. Thank you for you know your explanation. I have to explain. I'm not like, for. Well, I don't know for anybody <laughs> out in the audience who may not know what a theme song is. Thank I'm you, explaining Morty. it. You're welcome you. on their behalf. <laughs> on their behalf. Okay, so you know what? Go ahead, take it away. What's Google's theme song? I was gonna go first, but since you give me a hard time. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Let me go first. Um, do you, okay. Do, did you see the movie Re- Requiem for a Dream? For a dream. I think it's two thousands. Gerald Leto. You know what? I think you just beat me in my own game. I did not see that. Really? Oh no! I have lost the pop culture game. It's <laughs> Yay! like forty four thousand. Superior <laughs> one. Come on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. I didn't see it. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, there's the famous soundtrack uh, for that movie that goes okay. like. Um, oh yeah! Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh-huh. okay i think i i kind of i don't know i i would i would put that as a soundtrack for google but what, because i don't know google scares me sometimes google and also me. we're all a little a little addicted to it i don't know if you know but requiem for a dream it's like a movie for like a i think a heroin ad- addict um like oh, teenager, so. blah, 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 you know. No, I didn't see it. Never mind. Okay, so no, please, it's dark, yes. <laughs> We're addicted to it. Yes. So, so you, you've picked an entire soundtrack Yes. as the theme song. Yes. You can't pick a soundtrack Why? as a theme song. It's like Why? Because imagine when, like, the boxer goes into the ring, they have to play a whole soundtrack, you'd be there for 45 minutes. I mean, you know, you, you use Google all the time. Trust me, like, the soundtrack will just, like, keep on, you know. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, oh yeah okay you know what? okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and as for me as for me you can thank me for saving you from sapir's <laughs> humming since google has been under fire for this whole lyrics thing and the whole spammy listing in the google my business thing i would say google's theme song at least currently would be hit me with your best shot by the great pat benatar i have no oh idea. my god <laughs> i'm sorry hit me with your Best shot? No, nothing. Morty, you're, oh you're my old. Goodness. I'm sorry. Not that old, okay? <laughs> wow. Okay? It, it's sort of like a wait, message. Wait, s- sing it again. Sing I'm it not again. Si- I can't. It's not- <laughs> there are certain songs within my vocal range, and there are certain songs that are not within my vocal range. This is one that's outside of it. Just and- try. Come on. No. Come on, Morty. No. People want to hear. How much are you going to pay me? I'll do it for it. money. I'll do it for money. It's <laughs> 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 terrible. <laughs> do it for your fans. Not doing it. Okay. Well, let me explain why. Because you hit me with your best shot. It's like, you know, telling the SEO industry or all the naysayers out there, like the Wall Street Journal naysayers. Like, Come on, hit me with your best shot. Get it? 
And that'll do it for us at the In Search SEO Podcast this week. Do not forget to tune in next week on Tuesday for an all-new episode of, I'll say it again, the In Search SEO Podcast. One more time for brand recognition, the In Search SEO Podcast. It's In Search because we're all in search of something. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you.